Welcome to Engineering Fields of Dreams podcast. We're here to share stories and professional experiences of engineers across disciplines and let you explore the amazing world of engineering. Each episode, you'll hear inspiring stories and advice from engineers, allowing you to learn from their successes and experiences. Whether you're an engineering student, a veteran engineer, or just curious about engineering, we invite you to join us and explore the amazing and ever-changing world of engineering. Welcome to this episode, Finding Your Path, with our guest, Eric. Thank you for being here today. Would you please introduce yourself, Eric? Hi, everyone. My name is Eric Peterson. I graduated from the University of Arizona in 2019 with a degree in civil engineering and a minor in Spanish. While I was at the University of Arizona, I did internships at a few different companies over the summer. And then when I graduated, I got a full-time job out here in Orange County, California. So I work at a structural consulting firm, which specializes in a couple different areas, but specifically I work in entertainment in Hollywood and film production. I also work for live events, like think concerts and sporting events. We also work on themed entertainment projects. So we do projects at amusement parks across the country. So that's a little bit about me and what I do. And I'm sure we'll talk about it, but I fell into this and I'm very grateful for my time at University of Arizona. And I'm grateful to, to have the chance to talk to you today. It's a pleasure to have you and thank you for being here. So why did you choose this career as a structural engineer? So it actually did have to do with a little bit of what I do now. I always liked roller coasters. I played roller coaster tycoon when I was a kid and it's a little bit nerdy, but it's not that I loved roller coasters so much for the thrill or the adrenaline of rides. It was more like the structural aspects of it. I thought they looked cool. And I always thought my dream job was to be a roller coaster designer. I don't know how that led me to civil engineering exactly, because that's not the obvious career path, but I liked math and I liked science, like probably everybody says, and I chose civil. I liked my status class. I liked mechanics and materials, which Really, those two classes are a huge component of what we do every day. It's really the basis of our analysis. Once I graduated, I work at a civil firm that does specialized entertainment, and it worked out. There are mechanical engineers that work in my company too, but civil was the right choice for me. Now that you're about four years into your career, what is one thing that you know now that you wish you knew before you graduated? I remember the stress of being a senior and not knowing what I was going to do. I looked seriously at grad school, so I had planned on applying to a bunch of different grad schools and depending on where I got in, interviewing with them and then pursuing a master's and maybe a PhD. And so as part of that application process, I went and I looked at schools. I toured schools. I met professors. I also took the GRE, not even once, but four different times so that I could get the scores that I wanted to get into the program that I was hoping for. And so I really was set on going to grad school. I was also applying to some jobs on the side as a backup plan in case I didn't get into any programs that I wanted to. When actually in the spring of my senior year, when it came time to actually make a decision, I wish that I could have told myself that, first of all, whatever you choose, it's going to be okay. It's It feels like a huge decision, but there is such a thing as the sunken cost fallacy where you feel like because you've done something, because I've taken the GRE so many times or because I've done all these applications that you have to make account for something because you have the civil engineering degree or this engineering background, you feel like you should 
do something with that. But I wish I could have just reminded myself that it's okay. Like it's, it's okay to not necessarily use that. It's okay if those experiences were just opportunities. And the reality is now, four years later, I don't necessarily think I'm ever going to go to grad school. I have my PE now, which has been a huge benefit. And I don't really want to go take tests again. Unless I guess I saw some real clear benefit for my career, I probably won't go back to school. And letting go of that dream that I had of going to this university or whatever was difficult, but it was the right choice for me to start working right after school. I've gained a lot of experience. I learned a lot. And I think, I'm sure it would have felt the way if I had gone to grad school too, but the point is, is just when you're evaluating your choices, it's easy to get into the trap of feeling like you have to be on one certain path when really, I think most successful people would describe their career as being three steps forward and two steps back where it's not a linear progression, but it's making decisions as you go along the way through experience. I've heard the quote that good experience comes from struggles. And that's when we're struggling with a decision about what to do with our lives, what to do with our careers, just choosing something, getting on a path, you can always change it. It's not a big deal. And just because you've done something already doesn't mean you need to commit to doing that if you don't like it or if there's something better that comes along. Yeah, I think that's a really great message for our audience to hear. And I think that it's a very common thing as you're graduating to think about, do I want to go to grad school? I know in my personal case, I did the direct undergrad to graduate school route. And looking back, I wish I would have taken at least a gap year to get some work experience and a pause from like the academic grind. But I also think you brought up an important point that, you know, the path that's right for you might not be the path that's right for the person sitting next to you in class either. So everyone needs to find their own way and find their own way on their own time schedule. And that doesn't necessarily have to be going directly to grad school, or it could be directly going to grad school. It's about finding out what will work best for you. So I think that's a great message. So I know you're only been out in the workforce for a few years, but have you had any um, challenging professional situations so far? And if so, what did you learn from them? Yeah, challenges are really opportunities. And I've been blessed to have several, I think, really challenging career opportunities. I think the most recent one that comes to mind is last year, our company, we're a small family-owned engineering company in California. We have several different divisions and our entertainment division is just one small part of the company. As you can imagine, working in such a specialized industry, there's not a lot of engineering firms that do what we do. And there were eight of us or so that were doing this work, that were doing this entertainment work full-time. So last year, half of the engineers left to start their own company, which it's not productive for me to get into my personal feelings about that. But from a business and career perspective, it was challenging because before I had always been just given work. As a junior engineer, I guess I wasn't necessarily concerned with client relationships as much or getting new work for the company or really anything other than just doing the engineering tasks that I was given, which was a great opportunity for me. All of a sudden, our clients, everything that like I did on a day-to-day basis changed. Obviously, the fact that you have several of the more experienced engineers from your division leaving changed my role and my responsibility in the company. So I was trying to think about what is the business going to look like now? What, it, Like I said, what is my role in this? I think 
that's a good lesson for anybody really is I've heard the phrase like think like an owner instead of an employee. And I think that's really valuable because I think as engineers, we should be asking ourselves, like, how are we increasing the value of the company? There's a couple different realizations that you can have about your company and how you make money. So for me personally, all my jobs have basically been structural consulting. I've found that there are like commodity type jobs and there's more like value added type jobs. So commodity type jobs are more what we typically think of where there's a bidding process for jobs. There is, there's a lot of emphasis on price. It's pretty competitive and there are huge benefits to working at a company that does you have, you develop a skill set that's very transferable wherever you want to go or wherever you want to live. Because the fact is that there are structural consulting firms all over the country that specialize in residential and commercial light framewood construction. On the other hand, there's companies like the one that I work at now, which I think would be more described like a value added product where we are basically solving problems. We're not designers. like So I don't do structural design necessarily. We we do a lot of hard things for the same few clients. A film production studio might come to us and they say, hey, we want to do this. We want to do the stunt. This is what we're thinking. We need some engineering input. This is, There's a big project I'm working on right now, but it's just, it's, it's constant like problem solving that can be stressful. And that can also, there's definitely a lot of variability in the work that we do where all the time I'm learning, I'm going back into my mechanics and materials textbook and learning new methods and looking up stuff that I'm doing for the first time, but trying to apply the same principles that we learned in school. From my perspective, working where I work is we are more on the value added side of engineering and we make more money by solving problems for clients. A lot of this is fast turnaround stuff. A lot of this is being super responsive and there are trade-offs depending on where you work. But I guess the point is this situation forced me to think about the actual business, think about our contracts that we had with our clients, think about risk management and how we're going to not do everything possible to not get sued. What relationships do we have with, with the clients? And it's been a huge growth opportunity for me. And it's the case probably with anything that's difficult, but rather than seeing as, oh man, things were going so great and now it's so hard, or I'm working so many more hours than I used to, or my job is more difficult. It's just, that's how your career goes. And all of these setbacks or difficulties are really opportunities to, to increase your skills and experience. And the, even though my job is probably more stressful now than it has been before, I'm grateful. I'm really grateful. I do love my job and the challenging situations that, that I've been in have been overall beneficial. Yeah, and I think that's a great message. And you mentioned growing through challenges in your introduction, and the story you shared definitely represented that. I think it's something that a lot of junior engineers, as they transition into more senior roles, they get more customer facing, they get more involved in the business. So that is a very common trajectory as you develop into your career. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a great point. And just finding the value and the effectiveness of your company, I think, is you're going to set yourself apart as a junior engineer, trying to contribute to that. So that leads nicely into the final question: Is what advice would you impart to someone at the start of their career? So a brand new, freshly minted junior engineer. Thanks. So I think that probably most people on the podcast have 
mentioned salary and I just want to reiterate it. I knew people and I had friends who maybe took one job or another for a slight difference in salary. And the reality is that a thousand or two thousand dollars is not gonna change your life. I think it's it's easy to go on Glassdoor and look at salaries and take that as the main deciding factor in choosing a job or choosing a career path. But reality is doing what you do every day is gonna have a huge impact on your happiness. But don't just think about salary. I think it's really valuable to try to find a company that you respect, find a company culture that you think is a good fit. The fact is that most engineers right now and most companies that I know are extremely busy. They are desperately in need of new engineers. And I think people graduating now are going to have a lot of options. But if you can find a company, even if it's maybe a lower salary or something that was unexpected or doesn't exactly align with your previous experience. If you find a company that's actually willing to train you, most engineers now, like I said, I think are so busy that it's sometimes hard to actually take the time to train someone new. But if you find a company that's willing to train you and willing to spend time with you and has a company culture where people will come forward if they've done something wrong or coworkers are not being competitive with each other, that's who you want to work for. And that's the step you want to take. I think in the same vein, and this sort of goes along with the engineering communications, if you can become a good writer, that's the other thing. That's the other, I guess, piece of advice I have is, is to, to become a good writer because you don't think as engineers as being well-written or well-spoken. But for me personally, I probably send five to 15 or 20 emails a day to clients trying to communicate results, trying to communicate ideas. There's a lot of techniques obviously to writing emails where you don't you want to be straight to the point but you also want to be super friendly you always want to be kind and honest but learning how to communicate ideas even our calculation packages that we do maybe some engineering firms have a very standard layout for calculation packages for us we're always laying out our ideas our analysis and our steps our process that we submit to our client or that we submit to building department learning how to communicate effectively learning how to write, learning how to think clearly, I think is a huge and unique skill that engineers should try to develop. And personally, my last piece of advice is I found my job, actually both my jobs that I've had since graduating, I found using LinkedIn. I'm a big fan of LinkedIn. I think that employers are trying to use it more and more too. If you ever find like yourself thinking, oh, there's not many jobs out there, whatever, there are so many jobs. There are so many jobs out there. There are so many engineering firms that want to find good young engineers who want to be enthusiastic and want to learn. Just put yourself out there. LinkedIn is a great resource. And uh, yeah, don't stress too much because your career will happen as you just make decisions and as you gain experience and find what you like and what you don't like. And you can always change and you can always adjust. And I'm fortunate that I have a job that I love, but I feel engineering is a great degree. It's a great background. You can get there too. I think that's all very sage advice. And thank you for bringing up about communication because I think engineers sometimes get so focused on the science and the calculations of their career that they really don't focus as much on communication skills. And that's really key to being a successful professional, regardless of what discipline you're in. And that hopefully focusing on those skills in college and even working on them once you're in the workforce is something that everyone can benefit from and will help them progress in their careers.
So with that, I just wanted to say thank you very much for your time today, Eric, and being on the podcast. It was a pleasure. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. We'd like to thank today's guests for sharing their professional experience and career advice. We appreciate their insight and taking the time to share them with our audience. To you, the listener, thank you for joining us on this journey and exploring the ever-evolving world of engineering. We hope we've inspired you to pursue your dreams and ambitions. Let us know if there are topics or fields you'd like to hear more about. Until next time, we wish you the best of luck on your engineering journey.